0: complicated and fascinating world that invites us to dive deep into its intricacies.
1: Exploring the ideas and events that excite, intrigue, irritate, and confound us is how we graduate our knowledge beyond meme culture. Join us over a cocktail as we expand our understanding and share in the beauty we find along the way. I'm Stephen Torna.
0: I'm Kat Dwyer.
1: And I'm Stephen Henning. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench. I gotta get into the swing of things a little bit discombobulated. Oh, get comfortable, relaxed, even I'm like all worked up today. I'm kind of jazzed right now. Yeah. (laughs) Not in like a bad way. It was just been like a busy week. It's been a good week.
0: You're energized. Yeah.
1: I'm energized somehow, Mm -hmm. even though I've, you know, yesterday I was super tired. I took a nap, which I never do. (laughs) Yeah. Needed it.
0: Listen to your body.
1: Yes. And it was one of those naps that I was scared to take because it was like 4.30 p.m.
0: Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's risky. I am exhausted. <laughs> but I
1: laid down until like 515. Felt refreshed. Nice. Could at least function. Made a little coffee. Then uh, headed out. Had a nice evening out uh, at a friend's house. We did dinner. The two roommates and I. And there you go. Ben, Hannah, and baby Ken. It was a really fun night. It was good to catch up with them. Talked. All sorts of fun politics and are talking <laughs> business and they're quite the little entrepreneurs and uh, talking stock market and it was, it was a blast. It was really, it was really fun.
0: Did you guys talk about the GameStop
1: we did. Thing. And that is definitely something that I have on my list of fun things to talk about. Uh-huh. Cool. Do you have that as well?
0: No, I, I can't pretend to really understand. So I decided I wasn't <laughs> going to dive into
2: it.
1: Fair enough. And I, <laughs> that's not
0: my world. I'm not going to
1: pretend to understand either. But, you know, I'm trying to learn. I've never been interested in the stock market until this point. <laughs> not it just this is very fascinating. Other than that, man. Yeah, I'm a little jazzed up. Today was a good day. Got some work done. Checked out some new jobs. Yeah. Some prospects down the road, which is fun. Good stuff. Had had a beer and a burger for lunch, which is nice.
0: With uh, what's the gentleman's name? Uh,
1: with Randy. Randy. Oh yeah, we went out to Sidewinders. <laughs> I had the Hangover Burger.
0: The Hangover uh, Burger. I've never heard of this. It was
1: so good. <laughs> uh, burger patty had fried ham, a fried egg, cheese and then some sort of maple drizzle
2: huh pickles
1: and uh, no pickles it was like breakfast I throw a pickle on there it was like breakfast on a burger so it was like sweet mm. and savory because of the maple dang it was good
0: that sounds like it would kick a hangover's butt
1: yeah and then i had a uh, left hand breweries chai tea nitro stout
0: wow. so it was like a,
1: it was like breakfast and a milkshake it was so good <laughs> that sounds good <laughs> <laughs>
0: I got some good news this week. Ooh, fire. My first piece that I wrote for Young Voices is going to be published uh this weekend.
1: Where? Which
0: <laughs> I just remembered. American Interests, I think is the name of that the publication. Sweet. I frankly wasn't familiar with them before. You yeah. know, this is what happens when you're first starting out trying to write. You wind up in really obscure places. But but it's actually it's it I think it's it's not actually obscure it's just i wasn't familiar with it um mm-hmm. and i think they primarily focus on foreign policy so it's sort of interesting that they took my piece talking about nuclear energy but i'm stoked so
1: that's really exciting yeah i'll, I'll send it to you when i in when it's a digital format primarily? yeah it'll be
0: it'll be online yeah
1: sweet we're gonna spam everyone with this sweet i'm excited <laughs> to read it cool <laughs> so tonight real quick we gotta we gotta talk cocktails
0: yeah This is tasty.
1: It actually is really tasty. Mm -hmm. A little sweet. I would cut back on the sugar, but that's neither here nor there. So tonight we're going to do kind of a loosey-goosey. This is another talk shop episode, I think. Mm -hmm. We do want to talk executive orders from the Biden administration. Yeah. Because, rightfully pointed out, when I had briefly mentioned them, I was very, very hand wavy and kind of nonchalant because I didn't want to get into it, but it was pointed right. out and rightfully so that yes, there's a lot of
0: there are consequences. There are consequences yeah.
1: to those uh, executive orders. I think it'd be really fun. Well, I think it's fun. I yeah. think it'll be fun to talk about, but I want Henning to be here because yes, he's getting stoked on politics <laughs> right. and he is. Yeah, I'm excited. I want him here. I know you're going to be listening, man. I want you to go hard. I want you to push back on us. Do it. (laughs) Release the Kraken, but not like controversial Trump administration Kraken, like, you know, Henning Kraken. So we're not going to talk about that tonight. So it's going to be we're going to talk some news. Get down some rabbit trails, probably. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to start with a little piece of news because it ties into the cocktail. So I'm not in the TikTok sphere any more than occasionally people will send them to me and I will see them on Instagram. However, just a few nights ago, my dear friend Marshall showed me a TikTok from a Mr. Let's see if I can find this. Nathan Evans. And he kind of became TikTok famous, he's got a great voice, by singing old-time sea shanties. (laughs) And then TikTok started taking them and doing like harmonizing over his video and then there's this really cool compilation video with probably like five or six, maybe ten musicians all singing this sea shanty. It's it's really cool. (laughs) And so it's funny, I've been seeing all these memes about sea shanties and they've kind of popped up in culture and uh there's a bunch of i think a New York Post article on it uh New York Times did an article on sea shanties because of this viral really? huh. pop up um so i'm going to link those or i don't I hate the New York Times but it was a nice you know article they can do great work when they're talking about sea shanties yeah so good job New York they're Times. good yeah exactly uh so i'm going to definitely post that but uh i've mentioned this channel before but how to drink. Just posted a video today uh about sea shanties. Specifically the one that this uh Nathan Evans got famous for. I believe it was called the Wellerman. And uh so this how to drink guy did a grog cocktail, like an old rum and lime and sugar cocktail that the the basics. (laughs) Yeah the basics pirates and and seamen would would drink and then he decided to make his own cocktail that was inspired by the Wellerman Sea Shanty. And one of the lines is something about waiting to... Let me see if I can pull it up. I don't want to ruin it. It's, Soon may the Wellerman come and bring us sugar and tea and rum. And so he's like, I'm going to make a cocktail that has sugar and tea and rum. So he does a great job. He's, he's got a video. I, I shared it on Twitter. I'm going to link it as well. Going through like the histories of Sea shanties. What they were used for, um, you know what when rum came into use over wine and beer, it's a great video. It's like 30 minutes, it's worth a watch. But he decided to create his own cocktail, and so he makes this lemon and matcha tea rum punch that he calls the Wellerman. And I really like it. Now, I did end up putting honey and maple syrup in it instead of sugar because I didn't have any simple syrup. So that's kind of maybe weird. But I actually really, really like it. The matcha just makes it a little bitter. The lemon's tart. Mm-hmm. And then the maple and the honey's a bit sweet. But with... And
0: then you decorated the top yeah, with some bitters. Yeah,
1: And I put some little skull and crossbones on the top of it. <laughs> it also has an egg white in it.
0: Yeah, it's nice and frothy.
1: Yeah, super frothy. So it's one ounce of lemon juice. Half an ounce of simple syrup. I did maple syrup and honey split. i, I I think I accidentally put an ounce each of the sugar now that I'm thinking about it. And then two ounces of rum. I use a plantation rum, five-year, really nice, super caramely, sweet, like banana tones at the end. A big heaping spoonful of some matcha powder, an egg white, and then just shook the living daylights out of it, strained it into a coop, and then did my best using the end of a uh, garnish toothpick to draw a little skull and bones on the top of it it's really just looked like a little circle and two x's no detail
2: <laughs> a for effort <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> but uh yeah i am a big fan i will definitely make this again
0: yeah it's tasty yeah i like
1: it i think i'd go a little bit less sugar and i would go more matcha into it yeah
0: that's a nice color too
1: and then maybe even a little bit of coconut milk Oh, because you can make it frothier and then the rum and the coconut and the green tea. I think it would all just really come together.
0: There you go. You could serve it in like a.
2: I don't know. What's a pirate glass? Something.
0: I
1: don't know. (laughs) I've got a beer stein. That's just a bullhorn.
0: That's pretty (laughs) piratey. Yeah. Uh, Viking pirate.
1: Yeah, it's more maybe medieval. like a
0: tiki glass.
1: Yeah, that'd be fun.
0: Like they landed on an island and made a cocktail before well, if they you pillaged. Actually, well, <laughs> and if you
1: actually made it tiki style, where you crushed the ice and that, <gasps> that would be, be really, great with crushed ice. Yes, mm-hmm. fill it up, frothy yeah. with the coconut milk. Be, I mean, now we're getting into like the Penny Colada world, and that's I guess like that's, true. that's my jam. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go. Right
1: now. January 28th, Montana, it's like not pina colada season. Not really, no. But I wish it was, <laughs> you know. Speaking of winter, I'm looking at Kat. Uh, she's wearing a shirt. Is that someone famous? It's like some 80s skier dude that's ripping the gnar.
0: Yeah, it was like a, a Bridger Bowl commemorative T-shirt that I was given. And I don't know who this gentleman is but people who ski Bridger Bowl know who he is. Maybe I shouldn't be wearing it. Maybe it's sacrilegious. Is, it, is, it,
1: it. is this like a vintage piece or is this a a, a retro, like a modern no, retro? No, it was
0: like a commemorative thing that they did last okay. year to raise money for something. Okay. Probably for the I was resort. like,
1: if someone gave you an old, like, old school Bridger long tee. And I
0: would put a little more effort into knowing what it was. That would be sick. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So, cats looking festive. Came straight from yoga. Oh, yeah. How was yoga tonight?
0: It was fantastic. And the normal teacher was back, so it was good.
1: There was some order.
0: Yeah, there wasn't like blaring music last week. I guess we didn't mention this on the episode, but I told you. um, This poor gal, I think it was her first class, so, you know,
2: God bless her. Be gracious. It was like
0: I had to control myself from hysterically laughing the whole time because it was just like the music was so loud and it was like pop music. And she had to like yell over the music to tell us our poses, and none of her poses like flowed into each other. So it wasn't like a fluid practice. It was like this very disjointed, sort of awkward, loud thing. <laughs> I don't think anyone felt leaving like refreshed or grounded or mm. relaxed or anyway. So it was, it was interesting. But this week was much better. It was nice. back to normal. So
1: I'm trying to think of poses that I know. I know.
0: Uh, fetal. <laughs> you mean, <no. laughs> you child's pose? Is that what you're... No, it's the fetal position. Just fetal position. Fetal yeah, position. okay. All right, Um,
1: yeah. Is it, is it downward
0: facing downward dog? Downward facing dog?
1: Is there dog? an upward facing dog? There is. Okay. There's, yep. a, there's a cobra, right? There's a cobra. Where you like lean, you arch your back up.
0: Yeah, and then a, a upward facing dog is sort of a further extension of that where you're, you're, you um, ah. you Thighs are lifted up off the mat,
1: and oh, your arms okay. are fully
0: extended. So you're kind of lifting your body up off the so mat. You're just planking. Well, you're still <laughs> bent. You're not planking. Oh, you're okay. still bent. bent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, but your
0: pressure's on on the tops of your feet and the bottoms of your hands. Oh, oh I see. Okay. Rather than a plank, where you're kind of more gotcha. like in a straight gotcha. line. Uh,
1: yep. I know warrior pose. I'm a big fan.
0: Mm-hmm. Which warrior? There's a few. Uh, who knows. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i've been called out <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> i didn't know i was gonna get a test yeah
0: no there's, there's i don't know whichever one
1: where you've got like you know
0: probably warrior two
1: sure yep. you got like a nice foot forward spread spread arms
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's a powerful pose yeah. hence the name yeah
1: yep. uh I literally don't think i know any other poses Oh, well,
0: there you go you gotta come to class with me <laughs> yeah i know <laughs>
1: Uh, I didn't go tonight, excuses, excuses, because okay. I am packing up and getting ready to go on a climbing trip this weekend. So I'll be gone all weekend down in Lander, Wyoming, climbing the sinks. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be w- warm. In quote. Yeah. Like 40s probably. Yeah. Uh, we rented a yurt, which is oh, fun. fun. So we can hang out in the yurt. Yeah, we'll just climb all day and then cook together and drink cocktails and.
0: And you're not expecting like this is an ice climbing, right? Like no, you're going this is and just rock. rock climbing. Okay, cool, sweet.
1: It's been inconsistent in years past, but you know, one year it'll be frigid cold, we're freezing. The next year, we we always go in February, it seems, or end of January. And the way the sun hits the rock in the canyon, it's consistently or or more more often than not pretty warm. Hmm. Like there's been some times where it was negative 15 at night down in the valley in the yurt and then it's like 50 degrees and sunny man with the heat radi- radiating off the rocks wow so you're like in t-shirts and
0: do you wear like layers up while you're climbing and then have a way of like shedding while you climb if you get hot or do you have to just sort of like deal with it either go up cold and get warmer or-
1: yeah generally that's the best route to take mm-hmm. this isn't like really long routes okay so you're not, you're not going to be, it's not going to be the end of the world if you're a bit cold as you're climbing, mm-hmm. but on bigger stuff, I'm a, I get cold. So I like to like put on a lot of layers, mm-hmm. but then it always ends up being like 10 minutes in I'm right. shedding layers. <laughs> yeah. I'm that guy. I'm like, Oh, wait for me. I got to yeah. shed layers and then <laughs> get cold instantly again. So,
0: and so is this a spot, this is sort of a tradition you guys go back this particular climb regularly? I think
1: we've gone every year. I didn't make it last year, but I think in general, the last four years, this will be the fifth year maybe. Nice. That we've made it happen. It's pretty cool. And there's a few people that have been consistently there and we always try to invite different people. This year, I think there's a few people that I might not know that are coming down. They're all really good climbers, except for me. So (laughs) it's good. They always, I'll probably just chill and take pictures and hop on the rock a few times. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like Caleb, he's he goes hard. He climbs all day and pushes hey. it really hard. So yeah. It's fun to see those guys climb.
0: That'll be nice. That's
1: what's mm-hmm. going on. So we're gonna get done this evening and I'm gonna do some editing and get that set and ready for Saturday and, and peace out.
0: Sounds like a good plan. So tonight we were sort of thinking of sharing the good, the bad, and the crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So we each we each have a couple ideas, I think, of what we wanna just dive into, I guess. Yeah, let's share. Let's just, well, just rift. Yeah.
1: Who you, wants to start? You want to go, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what I got. Let's see what I got going on here. Okay, well, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do real quick little important news. Mm. Yesterday, January 27th, was the 76th anniversary of the liberation of Auschwitz. Right. So Really great. That's, I mean,
0: it should be remembered.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, I enjoyed reading a bunch of journal logs yesterday about that and shared a, a nice post. that had a really nice journal entry.
0: I saw that. Um, yeah, that was. Incredible. I say nice. I mean, it's that poem, right? That yeah, that a, a survivor poem. wrote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the photographs that corresponded that post were pretty. Um, I mean, just yeah, jarring and heartbreaking yeah and inspiring also yeah and the poem you know? is beautiful and it yeah, was it was
1: i mean basically along the lines of <laughs> you know i want to forget but how could i yeah and uh yeah so 76th anniversary and remember it was over a million people that were killed in auschwitz by germans
0: in auschwitz alone in
1: auschwitz alone i think wow. it was at like 1.1 million wow maybe more so That's getting out of there just... alive is a miracle to say the least so yeah. That's a very important thing that happened this week, um, on a much more lighter side, to cheer up a little bit. Uh, did you see that, Mister uh, Donald Trump, started or it said that he was going to start the office of the former president?
0: So he <laughs> no, yeah, the, I haven't the heard the office this. of
1: the former president.
0: <laughs> and so what? So he
1: I can think? stay in the uh, in the political realm, and he wants to give updates from. Where is he at right now? Mar a Lago. Yeah, from Mar a Lago, and uh, th- no details. Like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> is he gonna like be podcasting with Obama? Like, <laughs> like is it for totally. all former presidents? <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah.
0: Or Bush, for that matter. I and don't we think already we knows. already
1: hear, you know, we've got impeachment talks still going on, and we've got Trump now. I've I've seen some, you know, whispers of he's <laughs> definitely gonna run in twenty twenty four. I'm like, oh my lord.
0: Well, so there is an interesting take (laughs) on this whole issue. And Senator Rand Paul held a vote in the Senate earlier this week on whether uh, people thought that impeaching Trump, now that he is already out of office, since that's the main Mm -hmm. sort of purpose of impeachment, but actually convicting him, he's been impeached, but actually convicting him, if that's constitutional, now that he's out of office. And I think the purpose of the vote, he knew that, that he didn't have enough votes to have it be deemed unconstitutional and not move forward. But mm-hmm. I think it was he did it to make a point to demonstrate that while they don't have enough votes to stop it from going forward, the people who want to impeach him don't have enough votes to actually convict actually him. Should make it happen, right? Yeah. And so, um, sorry, I'm getting my terms confused. The people who want to move forward with the conviction don't have enough votes to right. actually convict him. Yes. And I think that was a pretty smart move on his part to sort of demonstrate that, because if, you know, if it's clear that if the purpose now is to ensure that he can't run for office again and they don't have the votes to do that, then what's the point of wasting this time? And I mean, like we've been saying, this distracts from Biden's agenda. Right. I mean, of course, he's just doing everything by executive order and ignoring the legislature. But still, As of
1: like a few days ago, it's up to 40 executive orders. Yeah, it's
0: insane. But if but I'll just quickly just explain sort of the, the thought now is like some pundits are starting to suggest that the Democrats want to move forward with this, not because they expect to be able to actually convict him and prevent him from running for office again, which is like the standard line. We want to bar him from running for office ever again. Folks, and I'm starting to agree with them, think that he, that the Democrats want to simply use this as a tool to further divide the GOP.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And if the result is resurrecting Trump, all the better. Because I think they feel confident that they can, if he does run for, again in 2024, mm-hmm. It'll divide the party, the Republican Party, and increase their chances of of winning again. Yeah. Because they they run, they've been running off of a hatred for Trump rather than a love for what they stand for. Right. So I think they're trying to milk that for as long as they can.
1: I'm sure the media will love that. Oh yeah! It's like throwing chum in the water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, "Oh, we thought Trump was gonna go away, but if he's not gonna go away, right? Especially with this whole office of the former president." Like, That's wild. <laughs> the media's got to just be like, oh, "We're not gonna. Our ratings and and profits aren't going to go down." <laughs> not saying they aren't, but um, right. You know, what else are they gonna do?
2: <laughs> yeah, yep.
1: Interesting. Uh, what other fun little short news bits? Are you going to talk about the? Using animals as insults
0: <laughs> no, to but that's perpetrate <laughs>
1: speciesism. We got we got to talk about that one. That's like a bad and a funny and a everything. It's all of them wrapped do you, in one. Do you happen to have it right up I can, in front I'll, of you to I'll actually say what it was? But yeah, yeah. if you haven't seen it, like Peta just recently was like, "Well, you know, getting into the ism game, using certain animal words to describe human behavior is a form of." speciesism
0: it's offensive to the animals it's offensive
1: to the animals
0: so for example some of them are so, <laughs> they made an infographic and it says using animals as insults perp- perpetra- perpetrates excuse me perpetuates uh, yes. i can't even I'm, I'm laughing too hard i can't even read it perpetuates speciesism and so they say instead of saying chicken say coward Rat is snitch, mm-hmm. snake is jerk, which I don't think that's really an accurate uh, translation. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe like devious or yeah, untrustworthy. Yes. Or, anyway, um, pig is repulsive. Again, I don't know if that's the best translation. Mm-hmm. And sloth is lazy. But I think like the funniest part was, uh, yeah. Can I just, do? You mind if I just read the the no. text of the post? read the whole thing? They said. Words can create a more inclusive world or perpetuate oppression. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's fair. Calling someone an animal as an insult reinforces the myth that humans are superior to animals and justified in violating them. Stand up for justice by rejecting supremacist language. So now there's, there's human
1: supremacism, yes. I think. Let, <laughs> let, me, uh, let me put something on the record. I've been doing this a lot lately. Humans are superior to all other creatures. Okay, I believe that fully. I think that humans just... are the best species. That does not equate to justifying abuse of animals. Right. Those two, <laughs> they're not mutually exclusive. Like, right. Exactly. It's it's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the I I I feel like that was just their kind of like a almost pathetic and really desperate attempt to be a part of like the equity conversation that's happening in our culture, but like they work with animals. So they, you know, couldn't put out a statement about, you know, BLM. So they've come up with speciesism to like be relevant. I don't know. It feels it's wild. One of my coworkers responded, posted that on Twitter. (laughs) and One of my coworkers responded with this brilliant little quip. He said, this really gets my goat. Yeah. Made me laugh.
1: Well, I I read it because the babbling bee, or the Babylon bee, babbling bee, the babble, yeah, a babbling bee. It's kind of funny though. You know, yeah. they do babble. The uh, the Babylon bee posted that just as is, and I read it and I was like, man, that is amazing. And then I realized that they, that. I didn't see what they had like, quote tweeted.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: they're like, we want to hire whoever wrote this to work for us. <laughs> That's funny. And we will just post everything that you write unedited. And I was like, holy moly. Because usually their other site called Not the Bee
2: mm-hmm.
1: posts things that are so ridiculous that they should be satire, but they're not. They're for Not the Bee. Oh, a great site as well. So yeah, I, I actually thought it was satire. And then I saw you post it. And then I saw, a bunch of other commentators talking about it. and I was thinking, holy moly. This is not a meme. This is, this is 100% someone.
0: A team of people sat around and like thought about this and approved it and came up with the language Mm -hmm. and made it. And yeah, it's wild.
1: It's like that. It's like that PETA uh, billboard that you always see the memes of. That's like shows like uh, a dog and a cat and then like a, uh, a rabbit. And then, like a horse and then a cow and a pig and a chicken It's like, where do you draw the line? And this is all these people just reposted it with like a drawn line. (laughs) Right about here here (laughs) is where I draw the line. (laughs) Like I'll eat everything to the right of that line.
2: (laughs)
0: Yeah. 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 But you know, I respect their right to say this kind of crazy shit. Exactly. God bless them for
1: it. (laughs) Yeah. Man. Yeah. I'll eat rabbit. I'll eat Yeah. Rabbits. Rabbits. Nice. I'll eat chicken. I'll eat. Mm-hmm. I'd eat a horse.
0: In a lot of other parts of the world, that's very normal. Yeah. Germany
1: is a place where like, great. you find horses. I ate mountain lion once. That's like a cat.
0: You ate mountain lion? Yeah, and it was good.
1: I was weirded out. I thought I was going to be weird and freaky. What was it like? It was like sweet and buttery. Ugh. They made mountain lion fajitas.
0: That... That doesn't, the idea of eating a mountain lion doesn't totally freak me out, but the idea of meat being, I don't know, just sweet and buttery made me think of like...
1: Lobster? Like <laughs> like, like rancid, I don't know. No, no, it was good. I was skeptical, but the guy that ended up uh, killing the mountain lion, he loves to hunt, but you know, his motto is, if I'm going to kill an animal, I eat it. Whether uh, it's I a see. trophy animal or not. Yeah, okay. So, hey, more power to him. Huh. He, he mounted the thing, he ate the meat. Okay. I gotta eat mountain lion crazy
0: you know indigenous people did that right yeah you know so who are we to judge these cultures and
1: that's a whole other topic we embrace (laughs) I think you're allowed to (laughs) judge culture
2: (laughs) (laughs) actually you know what yeah well (laughs) we'll talk about that in a different (laughs) episode
0: Ooh, baby. It, it's subjective but i do think subjectively you can say some cultures are better than others
1: they're they're y- yes
0: right i mean uh, Ira- iranian mullahs would think that their culture is superior to western american culture and probably vice versa right so i think that's silly to pretend that that doesn't exist anyway
1: <laughs> uh yeah Somehow, Peta brought us to the Mullahs of right? Iran. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> How we got there. <laughs> we're all we're all together in this world. Yeah, <laughs> all interconnected. The circle of life.
0: Well, I have a good tidbit to share. While you do, you want to volley back and forth? Yeah,
1: let's just yeah go for it.
0: So the so my good, exciting, happy news is that I guess maybe close to two weeks ago now, these two young Danish men thomas rodin who's 25 and then his buddy anders stogard who are like in their mid 20s and from denmark were able to help a hong kong dissident escape and it was a pretty harrowing thing that they did the two danish men are part of they belong to opposing political parties but they sort of met each other and bonded over their concern over the Chinese Communist Party's like human rights abuses, and they had met. I think either they were in Hong Kong or um, the gentleman, the dissident. His name's Ted Hui. They had met, and they were impressed with with Ted. Um, Ted's older, and he's a pro democracy lawmaker. He's thirty eight, and basically he he's been protesting and fighting for Hong Kong independence um, over the last couple years and especially as it accelerated over this last year with the Chinese Communist Party sort of clamping down slowly on Hong Kong he kept getting arrested and let out on bail but like arrested repeatedly and his family was starting to get followed and so like he knew that he was kind of on the Chinese Communist Party shit list basically and he knew it was only a matter of time before they like had a a good enough trumped up charge to sort of put him away and so uh he and these young men were friends and they continued to stay in contact and the two danish boys decided they were going to get him out of hong kong and um without explaining to ted what they were doing because they (laughs) didn't want to make you know put him in a compromised position of knowing that he was lying to authorities so they led him to believe that they were putting on like a climate conference, and they wanted him to come and speak. And so they made up this whole thing, sent him sort of like a formal invitation. He had to get uh, permission to leave Hong Kong to be able to to go to Europe to attend this conference. Uh, and so the court that was presiding over his prosecution approved it. But then when it was like days before he was supposed to leave, Uh, sort of authority started to get a little suspicious and they they demanded like more information about the conference so the boys had to come up with like a (laughs) full like program for it and material and like graphics and you know like they had to like you know sort of put the bones together so then they reached out and they were like involved in their local government and so they reached out to a gentleman named now this I will not pronounce correctly but Ufe Elbeck who was a member of parliament and he's a part of like the leftist independent greens party. So that's kind of part of the interesting thing is all three of these Danish men belong to like different political parties, Mm. but they all respect human rights, obviously and freedom. And so they all sort of work together to achieve this goal, which I think is pretty cool. And so this, this member of parliament really put his neck out, helped them come up with this program. Uh, Ted was able to present it. To the court and the authorities in Hong Kong they approved and so he took off for Europe and he had kind of without telling the boys he had thought you know maybe this was his chance to escape so Mm -hmm. he had arranged for his wife and his children to get on another flight and get out as well Um, so he lands in Denmark and gets off the plane and his two friends greet him and they're like you're free yeah you don't have to go back (laughs) And at that point, I forget where his wife and children landed. I think maybe they flew to either the UK or maybe the United States, but he knew they were safe. So, I mean, it was just, you can't even imagine like Mm -hmm. how overjoyed he must have been. And so, you know, the Chinese Communist Party is furious. And (laughs) basically, if any of them travel through other countries, I mean, they can't go to Hong Kong and they can't go to China. And if they go to any places where like countries that have extradition Mm -hmm. agreements with china they'll probably get arrested and taken back to the mainland so they can't do that right but the young men when they're interviewed they're like it's worth it like i don't need to go on t- a vacation to thailand i'm glad that we made sure our friend ted is free and safe and can uh, keep fighting for freedom yeah <laughs> definitely and yeah. i'm sure
1: i'm not sure where the legality all lies with sanctuary and things like that but i'm sure with their political affiliation and having contacts with parliament and. I'm sure they can make sure that Ted and his family gets some sort of sanctuary or protection.
0: Yeah, potentially. I think the two young men, it seems like, like they're kind of in more danger of repercussions for the whole thing from, from the Chinese. But, um, but the, the member of parliament, I think he'll probably do what he can to keep these guys safe and to keep Ted safe. But anyways, it was just, it was a nice bright spot amidst a lot of terrible things. That reminds
1: Um, me of the mantra where you stand with liberty, I stand with you. Give credit where credit is due. Yes. That is a uh, Jason Stapleton ism. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> we share other people's wisdom. That's, yeah, that's part true. of it. Yeah, right. Absolutely. We're just helping uh, I disseminate. Don't
1: know if that's where it originated, but yeah, it's a great it's a great saying. It's you know sometimes you got to look past certain things, and you know if you're all liberty minded people, help each other out. Mm-hmm. Those differences can be discussed civilly and uh, liberty can be promoted so that's nice that's pleasant
2: yeah that was a good I will share a bad
1: maybe an ugly
2: Mm.
1: we're not doing good bad and the ugly you know this isn't a spaghetti western (laughs) Um, but I did see there's uh, a bit um, of hmm COVID-induced frustration all across the globe. Oh, yeah. So now we're seeing the Netherlands uh, beginning to riot over COVID shutdowns. Yeah. Nine o'clock p.m. curfews. Hmm. There's zero evidence that I have ever seen that curfews work for, or at least in the case of COVID, the spread of COVID. Right. Right. So they're starting to get really frustrated.
0: Well, there's a lot of like emerging evidence that the lockdowns don't actually do a very good job of preventing the spread either. Like when Mm -hmm. comparing states that have stricter rules and states that have looser rules. Yes, you
1: notice it at first that it's better. But then now you see over the duration of 12 months in the United States Mm -hmm. that states that didn't have strict lockdowns are now doing better. Right. Than the states with. So in a big picture sense, yeah, there's evidence suggesting otherwise. But uh, this is interesting because it seems like the Netherlands have actually had really strict. I don't know if it's rule of law, but um, strict shutdown. So, you know, I was reading that businesses and bars have been basically 100 percent shut down since like October. Oh, man. And uh, I think people are really getting frustrated. Yeah. So they actually ended up uh, taking to the streets. The Prime Minister condemned the weekend riots in which anti-lockdown protesters attacked police and set cars on fire. Sounds familiar. (laughs) What motivated these people has nothing to do with protests. This is criminal violence. This is a quote from the Prime Minister, Hmm. which I agree with. I understand why people are frustrated. But breaking windows and lighting cars (laughs) on fire is criminal violence. Uh, Police said 300 people were detained on Saturday and Sunday after youth threw rocks, and in one case, knives at officers. They attacked a hospital and burned down a COVID testing station. Oh, man. There was more than 5,700 fines issued for breaking the curfew. And then bars and restaurants have been shut in the Netherlands since October, with schools and non-essential shops following suit in mid-December. Infection numbers are falling, but authorities fear the possible faster spread of the UK variant of the virus we got a bunch of angry people in the Netherlands, violent protests all over the place. Yep. Yep. The people, uh, <laughs> the precedent for violence has been set. A tale as old as time. Yes.
0: <laughs> I think it's worth remembering, especially coming from our very privileged American 21st century perspective, that the rule of human history and mankind is war. And mm-hmm. the exception is peace. And so when we see these outbursts of violence that are, you know, shocking to our virgin eyes, the reality is that's, you know, that's man living his nature, <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, and it's, yeah. I mean, around the world, it's more prominent than yeah. the United States. Sure, it's, sure. Um, yeah. kind of wild.
0: Yeah, but even globally, I mean, yeah, exactly. that time to violent, violence is dramatically reduce <laughs>
1: <laughs> y'all need to listen to some ancient history <laughs> yes, exactly. if you like what you're hearing the best way to tell us about it would be on apple podcasts or on facebook.com slash whiskey for android users there you can leave us a five star rating and a one or two sentence review to help others find the show thank you to reagan james for the use of our theme music the habit off her album message Find her work on Spotify and Apple Music. What else you got going on?
0: Well, my, uh, I guess this is this is a bad and a crazy, um, but it's in line with what you were just talking about. Uh, in California, my home state, Governor, uh, my my uncle calls him. Governor Hairgel, but Governor Gavin
1: Newsom. Oh, I know where this is. De- I've got this story on my list. <laughs> Dude,
0: okay, let's talk about it. Yeah. He's uh Lead he's he's moved to lift the stay-at-home order despite conti- a continuing surge in COVID cases and their intensive care units being overwhelmed. So, and not only did the state just decide they were going to open things even though all the quote-unquote metrics they were following Mm -hmm. indicated that by their own rules, they shouldn't be open. Their health minister also came out and said, we're not going to share the data that we're using to make this decision because it's complicated and it'll be confusing to the public. So basically, Californians, you're too stupid to understand why the state is doing what they're doing, but you should trust them because they're taking care of you.
1: That is terrifying. How fucked
0: up is that? (laughs) And just like for to throw some numbers behind this, the most recent stay at home order in LA was issued on December 3rd um, when there were 2,572 hospitalizations. Mm-hmm. Now, LA County hospitals are at 6,697 hospitalizations and the state's opening up. In right. addition, in addition, The rule was that if intensive care capacity at hospitals fell below 15 percent, lockdowns would be necessary. Now the state is reopening with intensive care capacity at 9 percent. So far lower than 15. I think part of what might be motivating this move is the compounding pressure of the recall effort that is moving against Newsom. I checked
1: today and they are at almost 1.5 million signatures. Oh,
0: that's fantastic cuz they need 1.5. Yeah, Last I like, saw they needed 300,000 more, but
1: It was one that was a while it ago. was 1.479 or something. Oh,
0: that's that's awesome. Um, Thank, like 2 hours great.
1: ago. So hilarious. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> I uh, I read this this article. It was MSN that I ended up seeing it, but uh Newsom in California lockdowns millions of signatures to recall Gavin and then from the article California governor Gavin Newsom praised his state's efforts to rein in the coronavirus pandemic Monday as he lifted California's regional stay at home orders, insisting that the decision was based on science and data and that it had nothing to do with the political effort underway to recall him.
0: <laughs> but how does sure. y- just, I just don't
1: understand. And, and with like the state withholding data and saying that you're, it's complicated, like it's just blatantly obvious now that some of the political leaders truly think that you are plebeians
0: they're technocrats just like andrew cuomo this this is what this is what a technocratic like government looks like Mm -hmm. there are elites who are bright and they're wise and they know better than the average person and if we all just listened to their carefully calculated decisions and followed their algorithms We'd be fine. Right. But in the real world, that doesn't fucking work.
1: (laughs) Right. So it's, you know, let's follow the science and data, but not show you any of our data. Right.
0: Because it's.
1: Because heaven forbid you have some smart third party analysts.
0: Well, yeah. And I think the data (laughs) that they are using is cherry picked at best and politically motivated, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's.
1: Well, this withholding information or not doubting the intelligence of. You know, the public, the public is going to tie into the story about the GameStop um, oh, yeah. stocks and what Robinhood app did.
0: Yeah. Explain that whole thing, because I. Yeah, I'm, I've
1: am i I've followed. kind of dove into this. So do you want to transition into that? Because I think this is like let's get into it. The biggest news right now.
0: Everyone's talking about yeah, it.
1: Yeah. And, and it's is, funny
0: because a lot of the pundits I listen to are like. I don't really understand this at all, but it's happening. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. I've, I've, you know, a lot of people that are part of the Occupy Wall Street 1.0 mm. deep in it, like reporting are like, this is Occupy Wall Street 2.0. So I'm going to do my best to unpack what I have learned <laughs> in just the last few days mm-hmm. with the limited time I have had. Shout out to Sal of Khan Academy. Does anyone remember listening to Khan Academy? No. Okay, so he, he does tutoring online. Uh, he was like one of the first big online tutors. He is the reason why I had decent grades in chemistry and physics.
0: You're also smart. Didn't you major in chemistry and mathematics?
1: <laughs> it's all because of this guy, though. But he is an incredible <laughs> tutor and teacher, and he had free content out there. I spent hundreds of hours listening to his content. I found a video from 12 years ago that he did on short selling.
0: Oh, great.
1: The man is a mad genius. He knew everything about everything. So he goes into it and explains short selling. So it was a great intro. So I would say if anyone wants to learn about it, go to the OG. I, I saw a ton of videos that just popped up and they're just people that might be good information, but they're riding the wave like I am right now, <laughs> <laughs> but Khan con Academy. 12 years ago reputable uh anyway so it was a short squeeze stock for the for the game so from what i understand is like the basic understanding of the market is that you buy a stock you buy low and if the price increases you sell it and you'll make money right buy low sell high shorting is the opposite so you make your money when a stock goes down so, you approach someone and say, I think, well, you don't tell them this, but you think that a stock is going to end up decreasing in price, but will probably bounce back. You can borrow stock from a stock holder and pay a price to essentially rent it out. And then at some point, you have to basically buy those stocks. So, if you have a stock that's like $10. And you're going to borrow a bunch of stock, and then your renting fee is like a dollar a stock, but you know it's gonna drop. In two months, it drops to $5. You then have a $10 stock minus $5 minus your $1 rent fee. You now, once you buy it back, have made $4 per stock. So you're banking on the fact that it's going to lose. It's it's a, it's an interesting concept
0: because you're renting it at a lower price than what it's yeah, actually worth. Yeah, and then worth. you can
1: sell it back, right? So it's it's pretty high risk, and so
0: so how is what GameStop is or what the that because that stock was like was ten dollars a few uh, days ago, right? And it now was, it's it was like, like over three hundred dollars. It, it, it was as low
1: as like four dollars, like okay. six months ago.
0: Okay, and so now it's but, over three hundred. So how are folks?
1: So basically, what happened is there's a uh, subreddit. Wall Street Bets, I believe is what it's called. Just a group of normal Joe people, you know, regular Joes that are interested in finance and the market. And some of them are complete beginners. I think some of them probably have experience and they just talk finance. And apparently someone on on the forum uh, was looking at GameStop. You can see lists of companies that are being shorted. So you can see like which companies different um, hedge funds are like betting on are going to lose. Hmm. but some dude did a bunch of analysis and they're like, this is really weird. Now, this is the part that I do not understand and it might be really confusing talking about it on a podcast, but somehow with shorting the GameStop stock, they basically created stock that doesn't exist. So they had shorted 140% of the stock available. I don't know how that works.
0: The hedge fund had. The hedge
1: fund had. Okay. So these... Wall Street uh, bets guys started to notice this is really weird. And then they started running some market analysis. And they're like, this doesn't make any sense because it seems like the stock of the value should be like, like the way the company's behaving and performing. Like it's definitely worth more than like $4. What the heck is going on? So they said, we need, we, we see an opportunity to start basically jacking up the price of this stock. So as a collective, like five million people.
0: The subreddit. The
1: subreddit. Okay. Was like, start buying GameStop and do not stop buying it. And slowly they started to increase the price. Mm. And then between I don't know, like in the last four weeks, it peaked at 480.
0: Oh wow. Four eighty, starting oh, yeah. at four dollars. Wow.
1: Now where this gets crazy is everyone that's shorting it, as soon as that price increases above what you're borrowing it at. You start losing money instead of making money. So anyone that, say, shorted it for $5 a stock and it bumped up to four eighty, now for every stock that they own, they have lost $475 on it.
0: Oh, because they have to pay it back. They have to and pay it, it back at more. market value. I see. Okay. Yes. It's the loaning aspect I wasn't aware of. Yes. That makes sense now.
1: And so they're basically bankrupting all of these hedge funds. <laughs> And what's yeah. fascinating is over 500 different uh, hedge funds right now, they're at 70 billion in losses.
0: 70 billion?
1: 70 billion.
0: That's a dick ton of money. Excuse my language. That is
1: so much money. <laughs> that is $70 billion that has been transferred from Wall Street elites to like normal ass people. Yeah. Which is well,
0: but here's here's one thought, and again, I barely understand this. Mm -hmm. But they've what they've done is they've created an artificial bubble. Yes. So, which will burst? Yes. Because they can't just keep buying it indefinitely, right? So, if they all sell right now, what happens?
1: Well, if they all sell right now, are there
0: actual assets to like cash them
1: out? Yeah, yeah, you can cash out and okay. and, and whatnot. And this is we're going to get into this because this will start to tie into Robinhood app, oh, okay? And kind of what's going on. So there's a huge movement trying to buy all these stocks, right? Mm-hmm. You see all of these companies losing billions and billions of dollars. I just saw—I don't know which firm it is, but one actually just had to file for bankruptcy.
0: Wow. Okay. Um,
1: and the higher and at some point there's like a I don't know each time you loan on a short like there's an expiration date so by a certain period your like in quote contract is up and then you have to buy back at that price so yeah so I don't know what that looks like what the time frame is Mm -hmm. so like they can only hope that it's going to go down but what's been crazy is that the reason why it's GameStop was so low to begin with is because these hedge funds are manipulating the market through uh, media. They can manipulate markets by basically feeding false information to consumers. I've been learning all about this. That's
0: bold. Is that really happening?
1: Apparently, like they'll have pundits get on like they had people get on MSNBC and be like, this is crazy. Like you're going to lose all your money. They did it with Bitcoin.
0: Well, isn't GameStop and
1: it's basically becoming explored.
0: obsolete, though?
1: Yes. Like their business model? Right. But this is not, again, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit. Making money is not what the like, uh, Wall Street bets even care about. The Reddit. The Reddit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Reddit. Do not care about making money. Um, there are tons of stories of people that were like, I'm dirt poor and I put $50,000 to buy GameStop. And I'm not going to sell it. And the thing is, is now you have hedge funds coming out and being like, this is crazy. You shouldn't have this. Like, you guys need to realize it's not worth $500. It's probably worth like $20 to $60. And all these guys are like, you drove the price to $6 and I bought it $6. So I'm not going to sell it because no matter what, you just told me it's worth $20 to $60. Hmm. So you've got this, they're calling it diamond hands. You've got all these people with thousands and thousands and thousands of stocks that are like, we are not going to sell ever. And that's what's keeping the price stable. But in an effort to, well, in an effort to basically cover their asses, as far as I can tell or what I think, you have people trying to push to basically close all trading on GameStop. Right. They're like, oh, this is a really volatile market. We have to shut down trading.
0: Which I think is fucked.
1: Isn't that crazy? Yeah,
0: that's ridiculous. If people are taking risk, let them take the risk. And that's the thing. Yeah. There's risk associated. Right.
1: Also, it's gambling. Go, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah.
1: Going back to the like media manipulation, things like that. I also found out that hedge funds will sell rapidly stock back and forth to each other and lower the price each time mm. as they're trading it back and forth to basically because they've got so much money in it to brute force manipulate the price down. Oh. So then they can buy up and then they'll know that it'll nef- an, an ish, or, then they can uh, inevitably go then. up. Which is but
0: if it's their money that's the asset of it, mm-hmm. because they're the ones investing in it, how does that work?
1: There's all this, and again, I don't know a lot about it. Huh. i also learning about like walls. There's a way that they can manipulate stocks. To basically ensure, in quote, ensure that a stock doesn't go above a certain price. Hmm. Like all these weird market. And I don't think these things are illegal. They're just like market manipulation techniques. Um, but they just have so much leverage. So the fact that millions of people leveraged a little bit of money is what kind of overpowered mm-hmm. these big firms. But then you see. This huge influx, this huge price increase up to like four eighty, and then Robinhood app shutting down the buying of GameStop and only allowing the selling of it. Huh. Then you have a bunch of people coming out on media, um, in quote experts, being like, "This is really volatile." Their statement going back to like not trusting the the common folk. They're like, "This we just we wanted to make sure that our." users know that this is like a really dangerous volatile market and like you could be making a mistake if you bought this stock Mm. so then you have a bunch of people that bought in that panicked right they're like oh no I, I can't buy it it's everyone's telling me that it's not worth this so a bunch of it was dumped then you saw it drop like $200 in a day but all these people on Reddit were like this is a bluff And they're like, do not sell your stocks. Do not sell your stocks. Hold tight. And then like the very next day, because people kept buying that could, it shot up like $200 again. And so they're fighting this manipulative attempt to lower the price. So
0: well, they're they're also manipulating it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I
0: mean, they're inflating a price. It isn't worth
1: that. No, it's not worth that. But they're manipulating it in a fair way by just buying and holding instead of weird you know insider ping pong trading and uh-huh. all sorts of crazy manipulation and media influence and being yeah. able to shut down the market
0: sure sure yeah that's so that's it's an
1: interesting and basically the whole purpose is like we're gonna bankrupt as many people as we can that have <laughs> been trying to basically steal money from the the lowly people right it's just an interesting like hmm. cultural movement
0: it is yeah. There's a guy
1: is. on Reddit. He's been posting like his earns and things like that at the highest point. Like he dumped everything into it like a few months ago and like his portfolio was up to like 33 million off of it. And then now he's down like 11 million down in quotes 11 million. And the guy's like I think he's got 15,000 shares or something. And he's like I'm not selling, I'm never selling. <laughs>
0: Right. So, like, if that's the plan is to never sell, like, one, just practically speaking, how do you coordinate that many people to maintain that behavior? Right. I don't know. Two, Pe- People are like, going to sell, right? Yeah, and, like... It's inevitable. Is there another way for the price to be lowered? Because that's not what it's actually... That's not, like, the true market value. So, like, even if people don't sell, is there some way for a correction to happen?
1: Uh, I'm not sure about that. I think, like I said, the goal is to bankrupt a bunch of these companies, which right. has already happened. I mean, $70 billion in wealth transfer is kind of amazing.
0: Sure, it is, yeah. Um, but what happens to these guys? Like, after they bankrupt those people, what happens?
1: Um, either it's going to start to go down, and either they'll lose what they put into it, and there'll be another cycle of you could buy GameStop for super cheap. Um, it could maintain some value. From, from what I can tell, like, what GameStop's actually worth, most anyone that got in fairly early is going to be fine. Because it's going to stay above what they bought in at. Mm-hmm. Because the markets, like, they've been manipulating GameStop and basically forcing it down. Artificially low. Artificially low. Yeah, okay. Whereas in its natural space, most people are going to make money. Okay. It's not going to stay at $400. Or th- it's, like, at 300 right now.
0: Right, like 370 something I think. But it oh, will, yeah. like,
1: hopefully actually correct. And then the other hope is that this might actually give GameStop an opportunity to maybe... Like, okay, let's not just be brick and mortar. Let's dive into something else.
0: Well, why the fuck haven't they done that before? I don't know. <laughs> but all right. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Like, it, maybe it'll give them an opportunity to, to change something, whether it's in the digital sphere, streaming. I don't know. They could start up. Right. There's a lot of, like, video game online hosts already. There's sh- what is there? Epic Games, Steam, that, like, are online marketplaces for mm. video games.
0: Yeah. It's sort of absurd that GameStop hadn't gone that way yet.
1: Yeah. I mean,
0: it can't be valued that high. I get what you're saying that like...
1: Right. No, it's definitely not valued that high. Brokers were
0: manipulating the price and keeping it artificially low so they could short it. But I don't think it was valued very highly prior to that.
1: No, I think it was at like 16, okay, maybe 20. Yeah. Before they started shorting it.
0: Yeah. Have... have um has have any like executives from GameStop come out and and said anything about this?
1: The only thing that I saw was uh somebody from GameStop was talking about like how their lead financial person is like a woman.
0: What? All right. The, what does that have to do with Literally this? nothing
1: but they're like our company has a woman leader and that's why we're doing great i I don't know they're throwing red meat to the mob yeah exactly so um, i I think (laughs) there's no particular reason why gamestop was chosen sure um it looks like the same redditor people targeted like Bed and beyond um, blackberry like the phone company Mm. and what's crazy is like we had talked previously like all of the big social media techs Banning Trump all at once, mm-hmm. like all of these trading firms, all at the same time, shut down the buying of like BlackBerry, GameStop,
2: yeah,
1: in an effort to like drive the price down, and it worked, right. But now
0: that type of that—that's collusion, yeah. From my perspective, yes, market and collusion.
1: That—that's wrong. That is, you're not in a free market anymore, right? Exactly. Crazy. Yeah, yeah and exactly. people are upset now. There's lawsuits going out. And then you've got Robinhood now making a statement. They're like, we're like a neutral party. We're not associated with any hedge funds, like, yada, yada, yada. Like, we were just trying to protect our users. Yeah. Yeah. And no, there's already lawsuits going out against them. And
0: well, I can, I mean, again, I haven't looked into this. I don't know Mm -hmm. what Robinhood's intentions were by doing that, but I think it was fair for them to say that this was a volatile trading market on trading GameStop and that it was probably really high risk and dangerous. And I mean, if you're just sitting back and looking at it and you see the price shoot up Mm -hmm. artificially that high, like I I wouldn't mind having some, I mean, I suppose I think it's too heavy handed to block your ability Mm -hmm. to take that risk. I think even with COVID people should be allowed to assess risk and make their own decisions. But I think having a warning explaining like,
1: This is manipulated and is probably risky. I could understand if Robinhood was a good company making some sort of public statement and being like, hey, users, we're going to like, here's some actually good information about trading and volatile markets and like risk associated.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Here's this information have at it, but to actually block it and from everything that I can see, like anyone that has any sort of fundamental understanding of the market is like if you block the ability to buy and only allow people to sell it's guaranteed to like lower the price. Mm, right. And that's where things get weird. And then you have people that are like me, low information buyers and sellers. Right. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have any, I don't have any stock and you know, any game stop stock. But if my only ability was to sell and you see all these people telling you that it's dangerous, yada, yada, what are you going to do?
0: Right. Yeah. Right.
1: You're going to sell. Yeah, no, that's And then the thing is, it dropped really low mm-hmm. while it was still blocked, so then people couldn't buy on the dip. So now you have all these people that see it drop $200. Mm-hmm. That's a great time to invest, and they're not allowed to. However, no buying of it was barred from hedge funds and anyone that's part of Wall Street.
0: Oh, is that right?
1: Yes. Mm. So then all of these... Well that's probably all pretty these, clear collusion if that's all true. these Wall Street people then were able to buy but you would assume in the dip.
0: It's wild. It's impressive that you know, such a Yeah just like a I don't could you call it grassroots, just like this Yeah, honestly, I <laughs> you think know, so. small effort as mounted into A lot of people so were big. like,
1: Hey, I'm just gonna throw my six hundred dollars that I got mm-hmm. at GameStop, buy a hundred stocks when it was six bucks. Right. And anyone that did that, like, made like 50 grand. That's, that's there you go.
0: <laughs> Man. Pretty cool. It is cool.
1: And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting to see again now how blocking or barring the consumer market, you know, you can find lists of all these companies being shorted. So we might actually see a big shift of the consumer doing these coordinated kind of fight back market manipulation. So like it's high risk to short and people figured out, Oh yeah, we can actually beat this system. Mm -hmm. Like screw these guys. Hey, some poor dude that only has $600 from the stimulus (laughs) can, can make it.
0: I I wonder how much of the money that's been thrown into that stock is actually Direct transfer payments from the federal government. Yeah,
1: who knows? <laughs> it's all just a weird web of uh, God. <laughs> I can only imagine. And then you know, I don't. You're gonna have all these people that made a ton of money, like a ton of money, right? And then who knows? Like they're gonna pay taxes on it. Like it's just gonna be a big mess of everything, no matter what. Then you've got companies going bankrupt, and you know, GameStop now has to deal with the fact that. Their stock is at you know four hundred dollars, right? When it was six dollars four months ago. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know. I don't all know the what employee that employee
0: benefits. What does that do to stock. A yeah, yeah company? Well, that's why I asked. Like, since that's an artificially high price, is there actually like assets there? Like, since the company's not actually worth that, like, can you actually get the uh, value out of it? I don't know.
1: And then what about like dividends for people that are. Like, can you get dividends off of that?
2: Right. Inflated? I don't know. Right. Yeah, that's.
1: But like I said, the the goal wasn't to make money from the Redditors. It was right. just like, we have a really good opportunity to stick it to the man. Right. And what's interesting is like, we've seen a lot of people being like, yeah, like it really has made, I think the right look good because everyone, even very rich people, right? Are like. We don't care that people are rich. Like I love rich people. I have no problem that Elon Musk is the richest man in the world. And he's all for this because uh, the same hedge fund that was shorting GameStop tried to short Tesla when he was founding it. (laughs) And so he's like big middle finger at him. (laughs) But they're like, that's that like this is the most corrupt form of capitalism is like this. They call it, you know, they quote elites or whatever market manipulation and exploiting people and yada 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 and it's like yeah okay all these conservatives are like yeah that's not we're not for that like we don't like Wall Street either then you've got all these people on the left are like yeah we don't like Wall Street either
0: except look at the donors who donated to the Biden campaign well yeah exactly far more like
1: Hillary Clinton Nancy Pelosi yeah I
0: mean (laughs) give me a break the Democrats are funded by Wall Street but yes AOC and you know libertarians and republicans all came together to condemn
1: yeah this whole although with the aoc thing i i I was like i agreed with her like oh this is bad but then she tweets like if necessary i would like take action
0: right of course yeah yeah, the solution is necessary like
1: your job is to protect the people that you represent like (laughs) it's probably necessary
0: well what does that mean
1: like, to, Making, bring, to, bring, short. To, to bring these people to court that actually, like, shut down trading for users. Huh. Basically, that we're exploiting a free market. And I would say that's probably good.
0: I haven't thought about it long enough to have an opinion yeah. on that. I don't know.
1: So it'll be interesting. Huh. And then, then you have Ted Cruz. He, he retweeted AOC and was like, yeah, I'm all for this. Like, let's, let's do this together. And then AOC's like, Um, I'm willing to work with any GOP except for you because you literally tried to get me murdered.
0: Which is... I'm just
1: like, oh my God, you're insufferable. Yeah, she
0: really is insufferable. (sighs) (laughs) Um, One of my other little tidbits that is another rare moment where uh, AOC and I are uh, on the same page.
1: Ooh, fire away.
0: Yeah, which apparently it's... Offensive to refer to her by that acronym.
1: Wait, it's offensive to call her AOC?
0: Yeah, by her initials.
1: It's it, in her, all of her social media.
0: Is, somebody somewhere was talking about how that's like, I, I don't know, racist or sexist or both. and That we should pronounce her full name. And that like, I think the idea was like only white people call her AOC because they can't pronounce Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Anyway,
1: (laughs) one, uh, it's blatantly not true. Right.
0: Of course. We'll we'll move right along.
1: (laughs) TLDR, like too long. Didn't read. Nobody got time for that. Like sure. AOC. That's great.
0: Yeah. So apparently. The whole squad. So AOC and co came out against the domestic terrorism bill Mm. that rep Brad Schneider put forward. It's called the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act. And then they put it together in response to um, the Capitol riot. There's really not much. When you look at it on the on Congress's website, there's really not much. uh, It's not fleshed out very well. Basically, it just talks about like giving more power to the Department of Homeland Security, Department Mm -hmm. of Justice, the FBI,
2: to investigate go after what they perceive are threats of domestic terrorism. Right.
0: So basically like I think expanding the Patriot Act that was put in place after 9-11 right, right. That yeah, was incredibly was controversial.
1: Like the Patriot Act two point or whatever. Yeah. 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 I did so, see that.
0: Big concern. Of, I wonder if
1: that's why progressives are mad at the squad right now. Because I saw trending on Twitter, at least it was saying that the fraud squad was Trending. Oh, I have no idea. Had, I like, missed Like the fraud that <laughs> squad, the squad being a fraud. The f- the four whoever they are. Yeah, i yeah, can't yeah. remember who. Well, Talib, uh, AOC, AOC, Omar.
0: Uh, yeah, Talib, and then um, they're the fourth one. She's she's pretty quiet. I forget I forget her name. Let's look it up real quick.
1: That's important. Anyway, progressives are a bit mad at her, and like AOC has really sh- shown her that. colors, and she's not a populist. She's just a establishment
0: oh there's even more on the squad than i remember
1: oh they just keep adding to the squad
0: <laughs> yeah so alexandria ocasio cortez yep Ihan omar yep ayana presley that's the presley, one i always right. forget about rashida talib and then i think these are new new members um jamal bowman mm-hmm. and Corey bush okay but the first four are the, original,
2: the OGs, yeah,
0: the OG squad. But yeah, so they came out basically. Ca- well, they they don't caution anything. They said that like it can't be done, which you know I actually agree that they shouldn't.
2: <laughs> they shouldn't <laughs>
0: pass the domestic terrorism bill because ine- inevitably, and we saw this with the Patriot Act, these things, these powers are exploited, mm-hmm. um, and people are abused, and civil liberties are threatened. So hopefully it doesn't go anywhere, but I really think it probably will because there's, I mean, (laughs) I think these departments are itching for that power. And I think, I mean, we've already seen in the first three years of the Trump presidency that the FBI doesn't have much um, sort of, they're, not afraid to sort of bend the rules shall we say (laughs) right like
1: who who's the fbi accountable to right
0: so anyway yeah i wouldn't be surprised if this gets passed or gets passed under another name the fact that it's not very well fleshed out and there aren't real like specific details i think Mm -hmm. is terrifying because it seems like it's kind of like a blank check at least in its original form no it's i mean it was just proposed so there aren't any amendments and it hasn't been debated um i think it's scary um, and it's another one of those rare moments where, like, conservatives and libertarians, and well, at least the squad, are all coming together <laughs> to say this is a really bad idea. Right. Tulsi Gabbard spoke out against it, so w- we'll see where that goes. Mm-hmm. That was my bad. That was a part of my bad. I had a long bad. We might, we might need to uh, address it maybe in our next week's episode.
1: Yeah, yeah, we can do that.
0: But just sort of the the increasing intolerance for any ideas that stray from the mainstream progressive orthodoxy
1: i'm gonna give any of that kind of thinking a big old Stephen no bueno <laughs> no bueno stamp of disapproval <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yep uh, agreed
1: maybe we need to get some mugs that just say no bueno <laughs> yeah
0: we can make like a little We can make a little stamp. People could use little stickers. No bueno, everything. Um well, we're probably winding down here, but I I wanted to share one other crazy tidbit. It's short. The Chinese Communist Party has implement implemented anal COVID tests. Yes, I did see that. (laughs) Which was used on passengers on a flight between cities in China. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know when. Maybe bef- when they landed? Before they before they were allowed to leave the airport? Right. Where was it administered? How did that work? I'm curious about it. Was
1: there privacy? You would assume that there would be some sort of privacy. Well, they're exterminating assume, an entire people,
0: so I don't fair know. Fair enough. It, it might just be. It was also used on school children, which to me, yeah. if I was a parent, I'd be pretty. That's no bueno.
1: So. In a medical sense, like I can understand how it might be a more effective way of getting a result. Sure. Just like administering drugs
2: well, can and, be a really
1: effective way, right? Yeah. But my worry is that you're not given an option,
2: <laughs>
1: right? Like, hey, imagine you're probably not. I have no problem with getting this test done. So I'm going to allow you to do this test on me. Because I need a result quicker and yada, yada, yada. Like that, uh, that's fine with me.
0: Sure. If but, there's choice involved. But
1: I, I, with China, I have a feeling that it's like not so. Yeah. It's like, oh, you want to leave the airport like bend over. Right. <laughs> like for, for the motherland.
0: Right. Put a swab up there two
1: yeah. inches, I think. Well, they don't
0: use that system, but right. um, equivalent of a decent <laughs> distance. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my only thought was I just hope that that isn't. I hope Fauci doesn't, uh, yeah, co on MSNBC and throw this idea out there.
1: I have a feeling that so many Americans, (laughs) well, I say that, but like, I feel like it wouldn't perhaps some of the that'd be the breaking point progressive left would just go along with it. But (laughs) I think the majority of people would be like,
2: this is
0: this, where I draw the this,
1: line. This, <laughs> this is this is not I. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the goggles never caught on. Thankfully, I know you know Fauci at one point over the towards the end of the summer. I think it was he made a comment about how like you know you could also be spreading this virus like through like eye secretion so really people you know if you really want to be safe you should be like wearing goggles. What the hell? And it was, I, I, that was stomped out pretty quickly because I think people his, thought like his, we can't. If his reasoning
1: was <laughs> that you can spread it through eye secretion what the hell? Mm-hmm. Now maybe if he was like yeah really reasonable if someone sneezes like just so you know you can contract stuff through your eyes like I get that like oh goggles will protect you from spray but like mm-hmm that you're going to spread it cuz you're not wearing goggles. Screw you.
0: Well, I think it's just the idea of like touching your face and touching well, things yeah. and and yeah, and contracting it by Yeah, now we know. got
1: MSNBC triple <laughs> triple masking. Oh
0: yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, one homemade cotton mask on top of another one on top of another one doesn't do shit. FYI. Right.
1: But like triple surgical masks.
0: I would think that that would just introduce the possibility of it not being worn properly, which would make it less effective than if you wore one mask properly, because that's the thing. I mean, yeah. so many people wear masks, and it's like, even if it's over their nose, the sides are gaping or it doesn't fit their face. Yeah, and it doesn't serve any fucking purpose.: or If it doesn't. The actually most recent one. I mean
1: properly. I've got hilarious stories of people wearing masks, and I saw someone in public take their mask off to sneeze. (laughs) They unhinged their mask, didn't cover their mouth, and they just sneezed out in the open. That's insane. And they put their mask back on. (laughs) So this this is why I get so angry about masks and things like that. It's because there's been no consistent information on it. And instead of offering some good information on how to wear masks, the public is just like left in the dark. Like, I know people that work at the hospital, and they're like, you have these old people that ended up wearing their masks in their house all the time because they were confused. Oh. They're like, we were told that we needed to wear masks, so, like, we figured we had to wear them at our house.
0: It's Kind of stupid.
1: Yeah, it is kind of stupid, but they're, like, (laughs) old, senile people.
0: Oh. You know, I mean, I
1: think... Like, you don't have to wear your mask in your car, but, like... You know, you also like don't take your mask off to sneeze and like
0: Right, but you also there's some balance between the two. Yeah. I think this entire consistency experience has been an exercise in in what we were talking about before, in sort of like this technocrat utopia vision of, of how to manage yeah. a country. And the idea that like I mean, every step of the way, the information we've been given, we haven't just been given like the facts. An accurate assessment of like risk level for different groups, and then allow people to make decisions based on that accurate, up to date information. Mm-hmm. Instead, we've been like the masks. Is, the information we've been given about mask wearing has been is a perfect example of that. At first, we were told that they made no difference and they weren't needed, and then we learned, oh, experts, quote unquote, we're only saying that because they wanted to make sure that medical personnel. Had enough, so they didn't want to encourage the public to go out mm-hmm. and buy masks and potentially cause a shortage. So once again, they weren't trusting people to be able to make rational decisions. You know, then once they feel like it's safe to let us know that we should be wearing masks, then they tell us that we should be mm-hmm. wearing masks, and then you know, and and everything's so politicized that it's asinine because you can't, you know, there there are legitimate. It's inconclusive if you look at studies yeah. of the last like five years and including recent studies. A mask isn't a foolproof thing. It's not a measure that'll completely keep you or anybody mm-hmm. else safe, but it will lower the yeah, risk 90% if worn properly. You've
1: got three. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I trust that math. Uh, don't either. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's just it's it's frustrating that people, our leaders, feel like they can't trust us to make rational decisions. And I f- fully believe that humans are rational beings and uh, can be. A, yeah, yeah. Can they? And we if can, we're
1: not capable of making rational decisions that mean we we voted for people to make rational decisions for us
0: yeah i don't think anybody intentionally did that maybe some people do but i think vast majority of people are um hoodwinked shall we say by our politicians yeah you know i don't think anybody if if someone ran on a ticket of like i'm gonna be your technocratic overlord and make sure that you're safe by Telling you exactly how to live your life and not yeah. giving you the data behind it. But just trust me. I know what's best. No one would vote for that. They're, you know. But that's the problem with our politics. And that's the problem right. with big government.
1: Big government. No bueno. No bueno. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't give up your power.
0: That's a t-shirt right there. Yeah. Big government. No bueno. C. Whiskeybench. Whiskey bench. Bench. Dot com.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't go there. We don't have anything. <laughs> we don't have no sorry, don't go to whiskeybench.com.
0: Yeah. I went through this funny thing where this like phase where I thought it was hilarious to add dot com to everything. hmm Anyway, I always wanted to make stickers that just said dot com so I could like run around and like just, just, sticking and just, just stick it on front of stuff. <laughs> heck yeah.
1: I should still do that. Hey. Be a trendsetter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's uh a good place to wrap up this evening. (laughs) Yeah. I had a pretty busy week, so I didn't have a lot of time to dive into news, but there's plenty of it around. A few hours this week getting to do some reading and whatnot, and there's a goldmine of stuff out there, so yeah, I hope that we get to do this more often because a little little catch-up sesh on news, you know, it always ends up being political in some way or another, but there's, there's a lot of interesting stuff out there. There are, yeah. That's not, you know, directly related to X administration, so.
0: Right. Yeah. It's nice to share those other stories. Yeah, exactly. The good, the bad, the crazy.
1: Maybe this will just be a segment.
2: The good, bad, the crazy. Let us know what you think.
0: Yeah. Tweet at
2: us. Tweet at us.
0: At Whiskey Bench Pod.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know my own damn handle. <laughs> oh, Lord. Hit us up. Come hang out. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for joining us on the Whiskey Bench. If you would do us a favor, please tell a friend about the show in person, with a text, or by sharing about it on social media. You can join us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest, all at Whiskey Bench Pod.
0: And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.
1: Remember, always drink responsibly. And cheers to a fulfilled life with all its beauty.